Hi, this is John Curry. Uh, as you know, we do a continuing series of programs on helping people prepare for a secure retirement. It's not just about money, though. In today's session, we're going to be talking about the importance of physical fitness in retirement, especially for those near or in retirement. Physical fitness is important no matter how old you are, uh, but I'm learning uh, at the young age of 65 now that fitness is critical. I have some issues with my shoulders. I have what's called a rotator cuff impingement in both shoulders, and it impacted my exercise ability. And today I'm sitting here with my friend and personal trainer, Jason Harville. Jason, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Glad to have you here. Today, I'm going to ask Jason some questions and ask him to share with you the importance of fitness, something as basic as walking, working on your cardio, your flexibility, strength training, the whole gamut. We're going to probably take 25 to 30 minutes and have a discussion. Jason, let's start off, though, with you telling people who you are, your training, and then I'm going to pick up from there. Okay. My name is Jason Harville. I'm a resident of Tallahassee, Florida. I recently graduated with my bachelor's in sports med, fitness, and technology from Kaiser University. I'm now state certified in corrective exercise specialist. So that means I can look at a person, tell whether muscular imbalance or if you have a impingement like you have, we can diagnose that, fix the proper techniques, and rearrange the imbalance. I've been doing this for 15 years, I did four years in the military, and I was PT instructor. I also worked with a special population. Special population is those soldiers who could not keep up and pass their PT test. I've also worked with multiple amputees, and I'm just well-rounded when it comes to fitness. You're well-rounded when it comes to fitness, but your body's not well-rounded. Exactly. If you can see this guy, he's all muscle. Uh, and just a little testimony here, Jason's helped me tremendously with my shoulders because it got to the point of where I could not do bench presses, couldn't do shoulder presses, and now I'm doing pretty much anything I want to do. And I'm going to brag just a minute. Uh, you had me the other oh, yes. day and again this week. <laughs> Will you tell them what was the leg press? Well, leg press, we went up to 568, and we did reps of 10. John, he surprised me. But I gave it to him. He, he busted it and he got it. And that was, folks, with three reps prior that were 298 oh, yes. and adding 90 pounds every time. So then I did 10. That was the fourth set. So he was already fatigued That's and right. still did yeah. 10 reps. That was good. So he's pushing the limits. And I would say that the key to having a personal trainer, whether it's Jason or someone else, is accountability and someone to encourage you, coach you, and actually motivate you. Um, I can promise you there's no way in hell that I'd be trying to leg press 568 pounds on my own. But with the encouragement of you, Mr. Coach, I was able to get that done. That you did. Let's focus a little bit on strength training. Someone listening to this might say, well, I don't want to spend any time lifting weights. Uh, I don't care about building a body like a bodybuilder. How would you respond to someone like that? Let's say someone 60 plus years old. Well, I would say, first off, bodybuilders take a ton of steroids, anabolic drugs to enhance themselves. You would never become a bodybuilder without enhancement drugs. Now, I, I have to say, fitness is a total body. You have to have flexibility, cardio, and strength. Now, over the years, the body does not absorb calcium in the bones. So, strength training as that 
pressure to the bones. It builds density. Your bone, your body adapts. So the more weight you lift, the stronger your body gets. Density meaning my bones are Bone thicker, density. less yes, likely yes. to break and have less, problems. It's less, it's less likely to get osteoporosis. Very good. Because you're adding that weight bearing load to your bones. Say you do squats. The pressure is on your spine. Well, your spine adapts to that. Now your bones become thicker. That's how the body works. It adapts. So if we do something incorrectly, the body will adapt incorrectly. If we do something right, biomechanically, the body functions correct. And in the gym, you talk about form constantly. This mm-hmm. morning, for example, doing some exercise, you actually had me back off on the weight by 10 pounds because, will you explain why? Well, because you got to live with your brain and not your ego. If you live with your ego, you're going to take, let's say curls. Now you're doing bicep curls, nice strict form. Now all of a sudden you're swinging your lower back into it. You're taking the momentum from your biceps, putting it in your lower back. We're not working biceps anymore. So you lighten the load, you tell them to straighten up and stop swinging. Concentrate on your bicep, mind-muscle connection. Then you continue to curl. Very good. So for someone listening to this who says, you know, I've never exercised a day in my life. I know it's important to watch what I eat. We'll come back to that in a minute for nutrition. But for that person, and they're not ready for a trainer, what would you say is something they could do on their own that would get them started and is easy to where they can build into it? Just give kind of an overview there of what you would advise that person. Well, I would start with body squats, push-ups, things like that, crunches. It's the body. You have your weight. You can go outside, do push-ups. You can run uphill. You can walk uphill. It doesn't matter. There's no excuse. No matter where you are. You always have something to do. Very good. And your body is the gym, right? Your body is the gym. It's the temple. Take care of it. It'll take care of you. Good. So for people that are sitting in an office all day like Mm -hmm. I do, I'm sitting at a conference table like I would see a client every day, four or five times a day. I have realized the importance of stretching. I don't do enough stretching. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about the importance of stretching every day, especially for those of us who sit a lot, and why that will have value as we age. There's this thing, wrong range of motion. That's the length of the muscle and the tendon. Now, if your muscles become tight, you don't have your full range of motion. So your gait is shorter, your hips and everything does not allow to open up. So say you're walking down the road, you twist your ankle, or you hit a rock and you twist your ankle. You have a sprained ankle. Now say you flex, or you're well flexed, you stretch. It stops, or it it prevents injuries. So... Say a person with tight hamstrings, if they get bent over, they're going to pop. With somebody with nice stretched hamstrings, they can take that and come right back. Stretching, it helps prevent injuries. It helps increase muscular strength, and it increases blood flow. It opens your muscles up. It allows blood flow to go through. So it all comes together as one. That's why our fitness is a complete. You need flexibility. You need strength training, and you need cardio. So talk about why all three are important. I've heard you say that before, that you can't just focus just on strength. Like some people we see at the gym, 
they're just doing massive amounts of weights and you know, just jacking up the weights, but you never see them on the exercise bike or mm-hmm. the treadmill or the stairmaster. None of that. They're just doing weights. So talk about the importance of the three of those together. Okay. Well, you need strength training for one because it does build muscle. It, it allows you to get in and out of that chair easy. It allows you to move things easy. Um, the flexibility concept of it. If you have a bend over and touch the floor, being flexible helps. Or pick something up off the floor. Or pick something up. <clears throat> it helps. But you have a lot of people going in the gym and they want to work on these superior or the superior muscles. The ones you see, the superficials. You mean like your big old biceps there? Something like that. <laughs> and they forget about the heart. That is a muscle. It's cardiac. It's a heart. So you build up this big frame and you walk five blocks and you're tired. <laughs> you, that, that doesn't work. You have to work on cardio. They all go together. So what good can I do if I bench 300 pounds, but I can't walk five blocks? If I can't pull 500 pounds, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. You can't, you can't just be all strength. Right. Makes sense. When you put it that way, it makes total sense. Because I know for a long time, I would not go in a gym and lift weights. Mm-hmm. My background in the Air Force, I did kickboxing in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And we were trained, don't lift weights. Because back in those days, if you were a fighter, they said, don't touch the weights because it's going to slow you down. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not, that's not true. No, it's not. And you see athletes today, golfers, mm-hmm. do serious weight training yes. because of the muscles and the stretching. Yeah. And the it's, it's, it's fast twitch fibers and slow twitch fibers. Okay. When, Back up and explain to us. Say those again. You have fast twitch fibers mm-hmm. and you have slow twitch fibers. One bit burns off of oxygen. Okay, that's your aerobic. That's when you're running on the treadmill for long periods of time. The body's absorbing oxygen and exhaling coming out. All right, now your fast twitch fibers are your sprinters. One rep max. Squats. They're different. They work in they work in pyramid type form. They go up. So it starts fast, fast twitch. A, 10 seconds. Then it goes into, and that's when you're you're strictly glucose. Now when you go into the second phase of fast twitch B, then it's a mix of glucose and oxidative oxygen. Now you're lasting longer. Now you're in strictly oxidative mode, aerobic. So you're building up endurance. Exactly. So it's, that- a, it's a key component. Everything works together. So if I want to retire, mm-hmm. and supposedly I have more time and more money, I teach people that if you have more time and more money, now it comes down to what is the quality of life you want to live. If you're unhealthy, if you're not fit, you're not going to be comfortable traveling, you're not going to be comfortable playing with your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, you're not going to be as athletic, so now you become a couch potato. So you're not in the financial world of doing retirement planning like I am, but Walk through from a corrective exercise specialist view of what I just said from the standpoint of anyone listening to this who hopes to retire and they've got 20 or 30 years of retirement years, what would your advice be to those people regarding exercise and nutrition? you got a blank canvas, whatever you want to say, share it. Exercise and nutrition, they both go together too. Um, the older we get... 
the slower we grow. So if we sit, we decline, we decline. Uh, fitness, it will add longevity to your life. So if you retire and you're out of shape, what good is your retirement if you can't get out and enjoy it? Now, say you go to the gym three times a week. Spend at least an hour in there. Dedicate 32 resistance, 32 cardio. Over time, you build up the endurance that you need to get out there and play with your grandkids or take your significant other out of the country, tour. Bottom line is, you have the endurance and the stamina to do what you want to enjoy your retirement. You you don't have to be a couch potato. And it's never it's never too it's never too late to start. You can be a couch potato today. You can get off the couch tomorrow and be a better person. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm thinking of a guy in my neighborhood. His first name's John. I can't recall his last name. He's 86 years old. He walks every day. Mm-hmm. Now he walks with a hiking stick and he barely moves at times and he'll stop and he'll rest. But I see this guy every day. He's walking. And when people ask him, so why are you out walking? He said, well, because I want to stay mobile. I don't want to be sitting in a wheelchair all the time. Mm-hmm. So I get up and I go walk every day. Rain or shine, the man's walking. That is very good. Now, he's not doing heavy-duty stuff. He's, he's, just, just a he's 86. He is keeping his life purposeful. Right. He knows what he needs to do. And he does it. And he gets out and goes. All right, let's talk about, uh, back to what you said earlier about just get up going for a walk. So really, there's no excuse for someone not exercising if they are serious. Mm-hmm. They just go for a walk. A brisk walk would do the job. We get a lot of uh, misinformation or confusing information, competing information out there. Uh, I'm going to make a statement and tell me if you agree or disagree. If I just did walking for 30 minutes a day, five days a week, it would help me stay fit, flexible, and probably burn calories to lose weight, assuming I don't go back home and have a milkshake or some ice cream or Mm -hmm. a piece of pie. So if I did nothing but walk for 30 minutes a day, that's all I did, how would that impact my health today and in the future? You and I both know strength training is important. If that's all I did was walk. Well, I mean... Walking, your body adapts. So walking will only do so much. You have to increase your heart rate. Explain. Back up for a second. You say your body will adapt. So if I'm just walking, my body will adapt, meaning what? Did I get comfortable? It will get comfortable. The heart rate, once you you first start walking, your heart rate will rise up. Say 110 beats per minute. Well, after a few months, if you don't up your pace, your heart rate is going to go back down because your body's used to it. You build up the endurance muscle to it. So now it's not 110, it's back down to 80 beats per minute because it's adapted. So then you have to push yourself even further. And that's why it makes more sense to go to a gym, for me anyway, and use a treadmill or the bicycle you got me on. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, for example, I did 20 minutes on the stationary bike and I did five minutes on the stair steps. The dadgum stair stepper got my heart rate to 124 in like three minutes. That's that's a heavier workload is what you're referring to. Mm -hmm. All right, so if I just walk the same circuit all the time, then I'm getting value. I'm getting a benefit of being outside fresh air, but I'm not really, I'm not really stressing or testing my muscles, am I? You're not. Okay. And that's what it's all about, pushing your limits, tricking your body. 
I can just hear some people now thinking, oh, I don't want to do all that. I don't want to work that hard at it. So surely there's got to be some way I can do some walking and maybe mix something else to it. So let's talk about one of my favorite exercises and tell me how you feel about this. When I first started, I just did a 20-pound kettlebell. Mm-hmm. I have two 20s, two 35s, and two 50s. Mm-hmm. But I would take just a 20-pound kettlebell, and I would do what's called kettlebell swings. Mm-hmm. And it was a variation of like doing squats and throwing the kettlebell up and chest high. Total body. Total body. And it really worked on my cardio. It worked on my strength. So talk about that, whether it be a kettlebell or a dumbbell. Walk, walk us through maybe some things that someone listening could do today in the privacy of their home and maybe go for a walk outside. Yeah, like the kettlebell you said, it's, it's easy. You just get you a kettlebell and you just do your kettlebell swings. You can add jumping jacks. You can add push-ups. Anything to get your heart rate up. Now, kettlebell swings, it's a full-body workout. So it's going to get your heart rate up. Pretty high. And you don't have to work as hard. They, they might think it's hard, but it's, you know, once you get used to it, you're going to, you're gonna, you'll enjoy it. You'll feel the heart rate. You'll feel the sweat. And it's like, dang, I want more. Yep. And you'll grow stronger. That's why yes. I had to go from 20 pounds. I had to go back and go to the 35s. And then I got to the point where 50 pounders. I'm the one I can, what do you call it when you hold something in your hands? Farmer's walk. Farmer's walk. Farmer's walk. I would take two 50-pound <laughs> yes, kettlebells and walk. 60 yards, mm-hmm. you know, and but I'd never heard that farmer's walk mm-hmm. until you talk, called it about that. Farmer's, yes, walk. farmer's carry, farmer's walk. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, getting started. There's always an excuse that I don't have the time. Uh, for me, I solved that problem by making it the first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I exercise early. As you know, right? <clears throat> we're working by six, sometimes earlier. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the importance of getting it done in the morning. Versus going doing it during your lunch hour or doing it in the evening. Obviously, whenever you do it, some sometimes better than no time. Yeah, but walk is. us through from a from the maximum impact. What's best? I personally choose the morning time because after you work out, your metabolism is fully cooked. It's going to burn all day. You often hear people that work out at night having trouble falling asleep. That's because you just worked out. Now your metabolism is sky high. You're, it wants to burn you're, fuel. You're jacked up. You're jacked up, <laughs> but not on do. Okay? So now you work out in the morning time, you have all this energy you're burning. Work out in the morning, you burn fuel throughout the day. Plain and simple. So are you saying that if I work out in the morning, I'm benefiting from that all day long? Yes. It, you, your saying. body burns for hours after you've worked out. When you say burn, explain. What does that mean? Your metabolism... It's ramped up. So I'm burning so fat? you're burning glucose, carbs. Um, and that is just your body working. And that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Okay, good. All right. Carbs are good because it gives the body fuel. But too many carbs. Well, that's a good transition, good segue to nutrition. Yes. So let's talk about nutrition for a little bit. Because, uh, again, conflicting, everybody's got some kind of favorite diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, when asked, people ask me what kind of diet I'm on, I say, I don't believe in diets. I don't have a diet. I eat what I want. I just try not to eat it all at one time. Right. If I want a bowl of ice cream right now, I go to the store and get the ice cream. Mm-hmm. But in the past, I'd buy half a gallon of it, take it home, and eat half the mm-hmm. box, you know, mm-hmm. or eat a whole pint. So now, to me, it's moderation. But obviously, having too much sugar is a problem. 
some people drink way too much milk, way too eat too much bread. Talk talk a little bit about the importance of nutrition and what types of things we should consider avoiding or have more of. And keep that in mind of the age group that's listening. It could be somebody 30 years old, but primarily people that we're working with from the standpoint of hearing this, they're probably in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and some in their 80s. All right. The body is an organism. It's like a plant. If you don't feed your plant enough food, it's going to die. It's going to die. (laughs) Our body requires 2,000 calories just to sit here to do nothing. That's what they call the resting metabolism? Resting, yes. Resting metabolism. Okay. Some 1,900, give or take, roughly 2,000 calories just for our body to breathe, sit here, organs work. Okay. So you need a certain percentage of carbs, fats, and proteins. It all goes together. You 40%, 40%, and 20%. So each plate should have 40% of carbs, 40% of protein, 20% of fats. See, those numbers vary, though. It depends on what you're trying to do. 40, 40, 20 is what I usually stick to because it gives me enough carbs and enough protein to rebuild my muscle, and the carbs gives me enough fuel to fuel through my workout. Um, this is... Nutrition, if you don't have the nutritional... Um, it's the fuel. It's, it's just, it goes by we say it's, it's the fuel. Yeah, I mean, it's the fuel. It's crazy not to put it in your body. Like you, you're, you're, you're depriving yourself. Okay, say you don't get enough protein, you don't get enough carbs. You're going to the gym. Well, your body will turn into a starvation mode, catabolize. It will start to eat the protein because it doesn't have enough glucose. It doesn't have enough carbs. So it's good to put carbs in your body. Just don't overdo it. Pastas, pizzas. People don't understand sugar is in anything, in everything. If it tastes good, it has sugar in it. (laughs) Moderation, okay? I I try to eat three good meals a day. And in between, I snack, okay? Because these people who do these diets, they're metabolism yo-yos, okay? Now, say I eat in the morning time. Now, by the time I get to lunch, my metabolism from breakfast goes up, but in between, waiting to lunch, it crashes. Right. So in the middle, you should put a snack, protein drink, or something just to keep your metabolism going so it doesn't crash to lunch. That's why the importance of snacks comes into play because you don't want to fuel your system in the morning and wait six hours for lunch. It's gonna, you're, you're killing your metabolism. Let's talk about those snacks, though. I find that for me, around 9.45 or 10, if I have a small apple, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. And I, But I realized recently I was having too much fruit. I got to the point I eat a couple apples a day, a couple of bananas. And that's that's, that's way sugar, too, though. That's too much sugar, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, it's better than eating a Snickers candy bar. You're right. You're right. Uh, but it, it still had its issues. So what are some of the things you'd recommend from the standpoint of a mid-morning or mid-afternoon snack? I would recommend a protein drink. Some nuts, either sunflower seeds, almonds, something like that. Something with good fats. I love my almonds and my pistachio nuts. Yeah, a little handful of them yeah. with a protein drink. I do that a lot. And, and that's all you really need. Yeah. And it's easy to carry around in your mm-hmm. purse or your briefcase or in the car. Because 
the body needs 0.8 grams of protein, just the average person. Now, if you go to the gym and work out, you're going to need a gram of protein per body weight, per pound of body weight. So say you're 200 pounds. You would need 200 grams of protein to support the muscles you have. Makes sense. All right, so I'm sitting here listening, and I'm, I consider myself pretty informed on this topic because back in 2008, I had open heart surgery, mm-hmm. and I got pretty serious about my health. Pay attention to what I eat, exercise uh, fairly regularly. You know, I'll fall off the wagon every now and then, but I'm I'm pretty much in the gym three days a week, and then off days walking or back in the gym without you. And started using a trainer about six years ago. So let's talk a little bit about. All this confusion, because some people would say carbs only, others say uh, protein only. But I heard you say a minute ago it's 40, 40, 20. So 40% protein, 40% carbohydrates, and 20% fat. Yeah. Take your plate. <clears throat> Breakfast. There should be. On that plate, take 100% and bring it down. 40% carbs, oatmeal. Grips. 40%. Or grits, 40% protein, eggs, turkey, bacon, whatever you prefer, and then 20% fat. Well, that's, your, that's your milk. Your milk has fat in it. Okay, what else would be a fat? You got nuts. Mm-hmm. You got peanut butter, which I love. Love my peanut butter. Love peanut butter. Peanut butter. My peanut butter and honey is my really, yes, really sir. nice dessert at night. That is mine, too. That's my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> I need a jar of peanut butter in one sitting, I think. <laughs> but it's, it's good fats. All right, good. Fish has fish has your fat in it too, like salmon. That's very that's very love my salmon. Good fats. I love it. All right, good. Uh, what about what about red meat? A good old steak. Red meat. It's, well, a, it's a slow digestive meat. So you eat a piece of red meat. It sticks with you longer throughout the night. Then you wake up hungry, right? So say you eat uh, eight ounce steak, it takes the system longer to digest. But while you're sleeping, you're not starving. Say you eat, <laughs> say you, say you eat a piece of chicken. All right. Two three hours later, that I'm, chicken's gone. I'm hungry. And now you're in. You don't know it, but your body's like, mm. so you I'm just, breathing. I'm, I'm, I'm my organs are working. I have no fuel, nothing. No so protein. you just you just gave me permission to have a big old steak. I didn't that. say big old steak. John. <laughs> I said six to eight ounces. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I stand corrected. Yes. I just, I, beef, you know, moderation, but it's a slower digestive. Um, it's a slower digestive in the system. It lasts longer. It's a more dense protein. I want to talk, change the subject. Mm-hmm. You told me just a few days ago that you are starting a boot camp. Yes, sir. Tell us about that, because I think some people listening might want to learn more about that when you get that going. So talk about that for a minute. Is, is, it, too, is it premature? Are you okay to talk about it? Oh, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, March 24th. Okay, that's going to be a Saturday. It's the first weekend of spring, and it's going to be at Tom Brown Park, 10 a.m. And it's open, but before... We commit to the boot camp. You need to come see me because you know I have health questionnaires and park you just an assessment because I don't want to I don't want to put anybody out there that's not healthy enough to participate. But this um, camp is going to be an hour and a half long. We're going to do stretching, 
at the end. But at the beginning, we're going to do a warm-up. We're going to get a lot of cardio in. We're going to do a lot of muscle building. I like to mix things up. I don't want to keep people bored. I want you to be like, oh, man, I'm ready to go. Is Saturday here yet? I can tell you, folks, for a fact that he keeps it uh, moving. And I can't even remember all the stuff I did this morning. But this morning, there were 13 different exercises that I did in the gym this morning with this beast. And it was going from one to the other for the first seven. So we would do one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Take a break for like a minute. He was so gracious to give me a minute and then do it again. But I don't say that to make it sound like it's tough, hard work. It's not. No matter where you are at your level, there's a place for you there. It was fun. Go ahead, Jason. It was fun. It was. You cannot compete with the man next to you. You are only going to compete with yourself. Now, if you say, well, I can't do this, you have already lost. If you're not mentally strong, if you say I cannot run through that wall, you will not run through that wall. But if I tell myself I can run through that wall, I'm going to run through that wall or I'm going to try until I fall down. (laughs) You're going to pull me away from the wall because I think in my head that I can do it. So if I think it, I can do it. You just said something that made me go down another path for just a minute. Mm -hmm. Talk about the connection between you and I talk about this all the time about our military military backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Your Army, I was Air Force in martial arts. Mm-hmm. If I if I don't have a strong mind and a strong body, then I'm somewhat weaker. <clears throat> so let's talk about this mind and body connection for a minute. And some people go overboard and say, "Well, I can do I, if I can if, if I can visualize, I can do anything." That's just not true. That is, I can visualize all day long, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go out here and play basketball in the NBA level. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening. Know your limits. That's what you're trying to say, right? Right. But you also said a minute ago, don't compete with the person next to you. And I'm reminded what Arnold Palmer always said about God. He said, play your game, play your swing. And, and all of us at one time or another, our ego gets involved and we're trying to compare ourselves to Jason or Jay or Jim or Susie or Marvin. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the importance <clears throat> of just getting comfortable with who you are and working on this mental side of the game and the physical. Okay. Getting to know yourself, not really hard. Okay. Now, say you're doing planks and you've reached 45 seconds. Now, your brain is automatically triggered once it feels pain to tell you to get away from that. Right. Stop. But right. you, have, you have the power of your brain. You tell your brain, oh, I'm good. Keep pushing. Next thing you know, it's a minute and 30 seconds. Now, you've pushed past the limits that you thought you were there. But you wasn't. You, because you conquered your brain, therefore you conquered your body. You conquered the body with the mind. And every form, every branch of the military in basic training for special ops teaches that. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Navy SEALs especially I have a fondness for that because of a program that I attended in San Diego a couple of years ago, a year ago, from the standpoint of the civilian version of Navy SEAL training, mm-hmm. that it pushes you through the pain. Now, there's a difference from being being in pain and being injured. Exactly. Let's be clear of that. If you're in, have an injury, you've got to be careful. But what Jason just described from the standpoint of you're feeling some pain, the human tendency is to give up. Exactly. And Run, move, stop. Yep. And those of us that are kind of weird, 
uh, we teach ourselves to work through that pain, Let's do it. and then we're stronger. And we get happy at the end too. <laughs> I, I, want you to, I want you to tell people how long was your plank you did yesterday? I did five minute plank. Explain what a plank is and how long five minutes is. Five minutes seemed it like, like, <laughs> seemed like it was two years, but um, yeah, I don't know why I did it, but I set my um, stopwatch to five minutes. I want to do a five minute plank, and two and a half minutes, man, I was. <laughs> I I was my gut was burning. I was hurting. So then I said to myself, okay, well we're gonna do plank push-ups. So I started doing plank push-ups to make it harder. Then I went down, back on my planks. <laughs> then I wanted to go into a full push-up star position, still holding my plank. Bottom line is I increased what I was doing, made it harder, but I challenged myself, pushed past that point. So kind of challenge yourself. Then you forget that your pain is there. Right. You're just trying to complete your mission. Plus, by by messing it up, you're playing a game with yourself. Exactly. Now, I will not allow myself to lose. But having said that, I want to make it clearer to anyone listening to this. That you, because I see the people you're working with in the gym and helping. You got all types in there. You got men, women. You got young, old. You got people that are fit. You got people that are overweight. Mm-hmm. You customize what you do for each person. Mm -hmm. I've witnessed that. I've experienced it. And talk a little bit about, as we wind down, if somebody were to come see you, and in a moment I'm going to ask you to tell them how to get in touch with you, if somebody were to come see you to do that assessment, explain what they would experience. I know because I went through it, but explain to them what they would do and what you would do in that session. Well, first off, we're doing static Postural assessment. That's where I have the person stand there. Tell them stand in a normal stance. I'll check the front view, interior, the rear, the posterior, and the lateral view. Now I'm looking for any deviations, any hip rotations, shoulder rounding, head move forward, shoulder elevation. I'm looking for all these things to tell me, okay, there's a muscular imbalance here. We need to fix this because you can't get into a squat if you have tight adductors because everything's pulling in. So we need to fix those first before we can actually get into the full right. biomechanics of the body squat. All right, let's do this. Let's use me as an example. Share with our audience what you saw and how you changed my routine from being really hardcore workout. You made me work on shoulders for a while because of what you saw. Walk them through that so people can get an understanding of how you diagnose things. Okay. Well, with impingement shoulder syndrome, you have rounded shoulders and between the clavicle and the humerus you have this little muscle that runs in between those two connections now with rounded shoulders the spacing is narrow so that means it's impinging that muscle running in there causing pain so what I did or what was a telltale sign was the front of your shoulders were very tight the um, anterior and your upper pecs. So it was pulling your shoulders in, kind of like you was trying to hug yourself. So I stretched that out, right. and then I work on the rear of your shoulders, the posterior no, skills. I'm interrupted. You didn't do a damn thing. I did all the work. You yeah, just he, simply instructed. You didn't do any stretching. You made me do it. You're right, but I sweat when you sweat. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, sir. But um, <laughs> so I focus on stretching the tight muscles, and we worked on strengthening the weak, lengthened muscles. And and let me jump in there. I disagreed. I did not understand that because I felt like 
with my upper body, back and chest, arms, I've made tremendous gains. I have more muscle at 65 than I did at 32. A lot more muscle definition. Looks good, too. Thank you. But the but the thing that got me was, as you had me do these exercises, I thought this is a waste of time initially. I told you so. Because mm-hmm. folks, he had me doing exercises with either no weight or in some cases 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds. I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. In the past, I did this with 150, 200 pounds. It was a totally different exercise. So walk through just a little bit of some of the things that we've been doing, like with the bands, because mm-hmm. I think everybody can benefit from that. Okay. External shoulder rotation. Okay. People don't open their shoulder up to work out. It's always, you always pushing. Push, push, push. Like doing People, a bench press. Bench press, push-ups. You always push. So you're working on your front, but they neglect the back. Now, the shoulder's made up of four tiny muscles. People neglect those muscles. Okay. Now, the external rotations... We hit those muscles. Do we, we strengthen have- those muscles? And it doesn't take a lot of weight, but it has to be the correct movement, the can correct you, technique. Can you explain what a, a shoulder rotation is? Can you explain it so people could get a visual? Okay, say your elbow is at a 90-degree 90, 90 angle. Take your arm and roll it to the rear and open it up. That is an external rotation of the shoulder. Very good. That stretches the front and strengthens the rear. Good. Thank you for that. All right. So let's go back to your boot camp for just a minute. Mm-hmm. So can anyone attend this? Yes, sir. And how would they pay for that? Is it like a subscription where they got to have a contract or something? You just or come see me. I don't, I don't do contracts with the boot camps because it is open to anybody from kids to adults. You bring your kids out. I believe in kids being fit and functional too. That's good. I did not know you were going to do that. So, so Oh, my so, daughter so, and son so will be my grandson who's 12. Yes, he can come out Fantastic. there too. Fantastic. But yeah. we will go through an assessment. Like I said, I will give you an, I'll park you health questionnaire just to make sure everything is copacetic. And then we will sign a waiver acknowledging, okay, there's risk in this. And we move on. Very good. Okay, let's go to another level. Somebody says, I'm ready for a trainer. Mm-hmm. I want to meet with you. I know in our situation, we met and we agreed that we were going to have a conversation to make sure we were fit for each other. That mm-hmm. I had been working with another trainer for some time and we had a little uh, parting of the ways. And that I made it clear that if you were not a fit for me, I was going to say goodbye. And you agreed to that and said the same thing. Yeah, we fit like grits and eggs. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, so the question that comes if somebody wants to come see you, I want to take away the fear. If they mm-hmm. come see you, they're not going to get a high-pressure sales pitch, no long-term contract assigned. They're going to get Jason Hardville asking questions and getting to know them. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? I don't try to sell you anything. I'm not a salesperson. I've never, I've never been good at selling. You know, I don't, I'm not one of those shiesty car dealers. I'm going to tell you the facts <laughs> good. and what's wrong and what you need to do. I'm honest in what I say and I mean what I say because it comes from my heart. If I say something wrong, I'm going to tell you like this is what you need to do. I'm not going to force you to buy anything. Very good. Now, if you want to invest in your health, longevity of your life, by all means, then we can sit down, write out a prescription, and we can move forward with life. I love it. Jason, 
Tell people how to get in touch with you. If they want to learn more about you, what's the best way to do that? Well, I have a website. It's jharvillesfitnesstransformation.com. That is jharvillesfitnesstransformation.com. Spell Harville to make sure they get it right. H-A-R-B as in Victor, I-L-L-E-S. Very good. Harville's. And if you have any questions and uh, need to get that from us, you can contact me at our office and we can also uh, give the information. Jason, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for sitting here with me. And uh, I'll see you in the gym. Yes, sir. Thank you. If you would like to know more about John Curry Services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry. Chartered Life Underwriter, Chartered Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own.